The Jimmy IV Sexy Cool Lounge is an inspirational podcast spreading positive energy and only good vibes into the universe through personal discovery, empowerment, and self-love awareness. Now, please join me in the Sexy Cool Lounge with our creator and host, Jimmy IV. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you might be listening to this episode. And may your vibe be cruising at an altitude that is so sexy cool. So as always, y'all, at the beginning of every episode, thank you. Thank you for coming on board. Thank you for allowing us to just have a little bit of your time on this journey in the universe to sprinkle a little bit of positive energy and good vibes only along your way, right? So I do recommend that you go back and check out any one of our episodes between one and 89, with this being episode number 90, almost to 100, y'all. Who would have thought, right? And I'm sure that there's something that'll fill your soul in our catalog. So you can go on over to the website, www.sexycoollounge.com. And you can always follow the podcast on any one of your podcast platforms, right? We're there all over. You name it, we're there, right? If you happen to be on social media, man, give us a follow over on Instagram at Sexy Cool Lounge. And you guys know that you can always find me on Facebook. Send me a friend request and I will accept. And the big news, as always, for 2023, you guessed it, Sexy Cool Lounge is on YouTube. Go on over there, catch the vibe and subscribe. Check out my face rather than just hearing my voice all the time, all right? So housekeeping is out of the way and Man, can I just tell you about episode 90? I'm so excited to have this guest on. I've been uh, wanting to get her on the show for a good minute. And uh, she's been gracious enough to find some time to uh, come on over and chat with us and share some positive energy from her experiences. And I think this will be a wealth of knowledge. And I hope that it resonates with you guys as well. So Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, okay? My guest is a licensed professional counselor, board-certified art therapist. Keep that in mind, fellas. She is also an artist, author, and inspirational speaker, all right? So she's got some multitude of positive hats that she's wearing, and I'll be excited for her to share all of that with us. She is also the owner and founder of the Radiant Life Project, where her mission is to create a ripple effect of well-being with an empowering healing strategy that teaches others how to activate their inner spark for an undeniable radiant light. She's also well-known for helping her clients and audience learn to cultivate radiant lives for themselves and shine brilliantly as they impact and improve the lives of others around them, y'all. Man. Ain't nothing else to say beyond that. So let's just bring her in. Please give a warm welcome and a warm listening ear to Miss Kate King. Kate, how are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for that lovely introduction. (laughs) I'm happy to be with you today. Thank you for your time. Yeah. So how is everything? Where are you? Everything is great. It is a snowy day here in Denver, Colorado, in the United States of America. Denver, and Colorado. I do love the snow. Oh, snow, snow. So what do you do up there? What, what, what's, what's to do in Denver, Colorado? 
Oh, there's so much. It's such a bustling city right now. I've lived here for over 20 years and it has changed so much. There's amazing food here. There's the Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is kind of out my back door um, where they have great concerts and we've got the mountains. So anyone who likes nature can come play summer or winter. There's lots to do. Uh, So it's kind of the perfect blend of city and mountains some reason I always feel like Denver is snowy. Like every time I think of Denver, I think of snow. So is it always snowing in Denver? Not always. It's different season by season and the snow will come and it will melt. It it doesn't stick around like it does in the mountains. So sometimes in the middle of winter, we'll have grass, Um, but it does come and go. And sometimes like in March where we are now, you think it's summer and you're cracking out your flip-flops and then the next day it dumps three feet. (laughs) So it's really unpredictable, but that's what we love about it. Good deal. Well, before we get started um, as to why you're here, you know, you know, just as well as everybody else, because they're expecting it. First question out of the gate is, Kate, what does sexy cool mean to you? I think it means living authentically as close to who you truly are in your life as you possibly can. And also having flexibility with that concept and letting it grow alongside you as you grow and change throughout life. Wow. That is truly a very cool and warm answer. Beautiful thing about that question is I can ask it a million times around the world. And I have, (laughs) even with the uh, audience, and I never get the same answer twice. It is all about the perspective of the person who's giving the answer. And that is why that question is so unique because it's, it's all about how you feel about yourself and how you radiate your energy out into the universe. So thank you very much for that. So the reason why I wanted to have you on is because as I was reading some of your highlights to the audience at the beginning, um, there's an array of things that I find fascinating about what you do and how you're helping other people, right? And I kind of want to delve into that with you, if you don't mind. So let's start with the art therapy. Tell me about that and, and how that works with helping others? Of course. Art therapy is a non-traditional type of counseling. It can be used for mental health support. It can also be used for um, wellness and expression. There's two different schools of art therapy. One is art as therapy, which believes that just creating art all by itself is healing. And the second school of thought is art as psychotherapy. And that is sort of under the mental health therapeutic perspective of art as being therapeutic and analytical and having different kinds of meaning that can lead to healing, growth, and insight. Wow. Okay. I really like that. And do you have any art that you're working on currently? I do. I actually- Can we see it? Uh, well, I can show for, you. I was I just I think for the listeners that are on the YouTube side. So hey, if you're on the audio side, go on over there to the YouTube Sexy Cool Lounge channel so you can see her artwork. So can we see anything that you've just yeah. done? I just finished this today, actually. This is oh, wow. my my image. And um 
I'm calling this the forest gypsy. And as with all my artwork, there's usually a lot of meaning and um, sort of magical purpose that I feel kind of gets channeled through me into the art. And this one I think is about this sort of feminine goddess archetype, bringing something magical out of the woods and into the open where people can uh, receive it, see it and make it their own, which is actually a great deal of the work that I do is helping people move out of the woods and more into the light. That is awesome. You guys have to see this. So definitely roll on over to the uh, YouTube channel because this is amazing. And this is the kind of stuff that you do like all the time with your art artwork, just whatever yeah. inspires you at the moment, or do you pick a particular um, idea and then it you just kind of cultivate it from there. They really flow through me. Um, I'm not working on something every single day, but I'll get inspired and I'll just start to create something and it will shape shift and take form. And by the time it goes from sketch form into vibrant color and then finished product, it's basically been an enormous meaningful process for me. And in that process, I end up having a lot of insight and the image itself really starts to hold and embody that insight. And this has happened so often that I actually have created an Oracle deck that is totally comprised of my imagery that I've created. And each of the images has so much meaning and so much magic that it functions in an intuitive capacity for people who use the Oracle deck. And oh, so wow. that is, that's for sale. And um, you could check it out on my website if you're interested. But if you like this kind of artwork, uh, that's a good place where you can get 46 of my images all in one place. And even though we'll we'll talk about the website and stuff like that at the back, but just so that people who are listening right now, so where can they go on the website to look at that? Um, the radiantlifeproject.com. There you go, guys. All right. But we'll give that information again at the end. So tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about your story. How how tell me how you got to here in helping people in the manner that you do in the different ways that you help them because it's not just the art therapy from a positive energy standpoint that you're kind of helping people and putting that energy out into the universe. So help us understand a little bit about you and, and how you've gotten to be where you are today. Sure. I think it all started in childhood. Really. I was a very magically minded, inquisitive, um, attentive little girl. And uh, my family really supported the creative process. And so I was doing artwork all the time and exploring nature. And I always had an interest in people and why they are the way they are, how they tick, what is this mind that we each have? And uh, why is it that we have hard times and hard things in our lives that surface. So really from the beginning, there was this combination of the psyche, the spirit, and the creative process. And so when I actually discovered that art therapy was a thing, which I didn't know until I plugged it into Google when I was in college at some point, and I'm like, what do you do with art and psychology? And so then I found art therapy. So I pursued my master's in art therapy 
And it gave me a skill base to really infuse my work with creativity. And then beyond that, I took various different trainings. I did a lot of my personal work in therapy and retreat and group settings. And I've really just created an eclectic blend. It's, it's kind of, I call it my living library because I feel like in my mind and in my memory banks, I have kind of a freakish memory and I can just pull down all kinds of different resources and tools and inspirations for people that I think come from an intuitive place, but it's also combined with the skill set and the experience of being able to really give people what they need to activate a spark within themselves so that they feel motivated to increase their engagement with life and really show up for this life that they are given in a way that feels present and radiant and can affect change in themselves, in others, and even impacting the world. Man, that's a, that's a lot of positive energy that is like going out into the universe. Wow, that is really cool. So you talked about a spark and you talked about engagement, right? And enriching people's lives. So one of the things that I really want to kind of deep dive with you on is the up-level engagement that you kind of help people go through. Can you really like define that for me so that the listeners can appreciate and absorb that process on how you help people uplift and enrich their lives? Absolutely. So the baseline of our society, and not just in the United States, but I think in different places around the world, is that people are not as okay as they want to believe, especially after the COVID pandemic. I just think that we are all in a really rich opportunity for growth and for insight that came from the suffering and the struggle that we all went through as one earth. and. I think a lot of people are being called to click out of autopilot. If you want to up-level your life, if you want better relationships, more inspiration, more freedom, more joy, you can't be on autopilot and you can't be asleep to the wonders of your life. And part of the wonder of each of our lives is the story that we've each lived. And there is no way to build a human life without the story, including some pain and some suffering. So my work is really to help people click off of autopilot, start to look at their own story and what some of the barriers might be or what some of the wounds might be that are holding them back and really engage the curiosity, the courage and the empowerment to take that story and build it into a future that is ideal for them instead of staying asleep at the wheel and just sort of blowing around in your life. It's more like taking that powerful driver's seat and steering yourself to where you want to go, which I think ultimately is a happier, healthier, full of wonder and curiosity place. So if I'm hearing you correctly, then we're really delving into the authentic, right? Staying true, not only to yourself, but to your path on this journey, recognizing it, being aware of it, cultivating it, 
and then actually radiating it to its fullest, which mm -hmm. to you and I, and to like-minded people like ourselves, that is staying authentic, right? And learning so. how to be authentic so that you can consistently be that day in and day out moving forward, which then in turn brings a happier version of you each and every day. Am I hearing that correctly? Yes, you're correct. And a really important piece about authenticity is courage because stepping out of the mass thinking and kind of that group overtone that tells you who you're supposed to be and all the shoulds that you feel you should be living by that may not be true to your authentic self, that takes a lot of courage to step out of. And it also takes a great degree of integrity. And that's a personal integrity of being true to who you are and being alive in the life that you are living that has very little to do with what other people want you to be living or with what society projects upon you. So that authenticity is a constant process of checking in and taking stock and making pivots and being intentional. Why do you think sometimes as we take stock and sometimes we do have to pivot um, and sometimes pivoting is not a bad thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's actually a good thing Sometimes the universe will put pivots there to one test if we're really true to ourselves about the direction we're going in. But also, I feel like, in my opinion, sometimes those pivots are put there to make sure that you don't go too far off the rails in a direction and it helps to bring you back. As long as you're flexible and honest with yourself to say, sometimes I might need to take a step back in order to take the next two steps forward, right? Right. Okay. So if we're now learning about our authentic self and learning how to stay true to it. Help us understand about elevating our relationships. So relationships are essentially mirrors and the relationships in our lives to all degrees from the person who's delivering your mail to your best friend, to your boss, to your partner, to your biological family Everything that you see in other people and the reactions you have toward them are mirroring back something that you like or don't like, can tolerate or can't tolerate about yourself. And so in this way, relationships are the most incredible teachers if you allow them to teach you about the things that you're seeing in others that might make you really uncomfortable about yourself. And that's why it's important not to just be hanging around people who are just like you or people who tell you what you want to hear all the time. It's important to have different kinds of people in your life that can hold your toes to the fire and stand there next to you while you investigate and grow right alongside them investigating and growing. And why do you think sometimes people are afraid to look in the mirror or hold themselves accountable for their own actions. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, you say uh, we should have diversity in our relationships. You know, we have our friends, we have the ones that will always be our cheerleaders and family and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And that is a great positive energy toolkit to have. But then you need, whether it's a partner 
or a best friend or someone like that to hold you accountable for things, call you out when you're wrong, but still be able to say, hey, well, you said you were going to do this and you did that. What are we doing here? Why do you think when we reach out to, when we have those type of energies or, or people um, in our toolkit, that sometimes we are reluctant to hear that voice that, hey, I'm here for you, but I'm also going to not let you slide when you know you've done wrong or you could have done better or you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And I'm just holding you accountable to that. Why do you think the inner spirit is so reluctant to not really want to hear that, but we're always willing to hear the yes person or the one that has nothing but the good, no matter what you do. Why do you think that is? I think we default to comfort and mm -hmm. familiarity and ease. And I think that ease is attainable in life, but I think it also requires the willingness to do the kind of growing pains that lead to ease. And I think about it as peaks and valleys. So life should not be all uphill and it also should not be all downhill. Like everything in nature, there's a natural ebb and flow to the human experience, especially if we are awake and alert to what's going on in our lives. And having periods of challenge that are then followed by periods of ease that let us recuperate and integrate, kind of contract after the expansion is really important. And I think it's really challenging for people to be okay with discomfort and be okay with that challenge. First of all, because it's not supported as a cultural message that we should be uncomfortable. We are all very, very comfortable in this modern world, especially in the United States. Although I know in many other countries, there's not so much comfort. And I would wonder if maybe people in other parts of the world who have a less comfortable day-to-day -day are more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's a skill that can be learned and it can be grown. And we're lucky if we have relationships that hold us accountable for them. And sometimes our relationships help us to see what we need to do in our growth work, not by what they say and do, but by what they don't say and what they don't do. So for example, if you're in a relationship with someone who is unkind and they're not giving you warmth and they're not giving you love, that is a call to action for you to ask yourself if you deserve more. And if you're willing to walk away from something that doesn't feel aligned and it doesn't feel generative for your soul and for the growth of your heart. So sometimes relationships can teach you things, even when the other person is completely unaware that they're teaching you something. I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, I've, I've been there myself with that. And it, it is a definite learning tool from the universe when you allow it to be. Because at the end of the day, it is about growth. And sometimes we grow together with someone, but at the same time, some people or some situations are put in our path to move us, as you say, call to action to grow within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes uh, we need to make executive decisions on things that are in our best interest for our mental health. And I think there are a lot of times when we shy away from making executive decisions 
even though we know in our heart that we need to make executive decisions. And I, one of the things that my mission with this episode, as well as just the Sexy Cool Lounge podcast, is to help people, bring people like yourself on who can bring us to the point of being comfortable with the uncomfortable, because that is where we're going to have the courage, as you talked about, to make those executive decisions, which in turn are, be- are, are in our best interest, right? Absolutely. We grow when we're uncomfortable. It's the, the happy times, the ease-filled times. That's when you get to enjoy the fruits of your labor and integrate them. But really, it's those uphill climbs where things feel hard and it feels like you're on the edge of the known and the familiar and the certain. That's where we're really sparked for growth. And so even though it might feel really challenging to be in a period of time that just feels hard, it's comforting to know that there is growth that happens from those. It's like the rainbow that comes after the storm. And we need the storm if we're going to have something to enjoy afterwards. Which leads me into the next thing I kind of want to deep dive with you. You talked about the rainbow after the storm. So we have the learning portions or the process of being authentic, right? Learning about the authentic self and how to radiate that out. And then we take that and we're going into elevating our relationships, friendship, coworker, partner, what have you, and the challenges, but also the positive energy that can come from that as we make executive decisions if we need to, or or we learn what we want and what we don't want based on how we're being treated and how we feel, right? So now that we have those two parts of the process in play and we're moving forward, I want you to kind of help me understand and help my listeners understand the importance of fan the inner pilot light to absolutely glow with radiance. What did you Mm -hmm. mean by that? And how is it that we truly apply that so we get the maximum benefit of that every single moment, every single day that we're moving forward as we learn and grow within ourselves? So we are energy. The vibration of our physical form is energetic. And the spark of life that is in each and every one of us The thing that separates an alive person from a dead person is that inner pilot light. It's your life force energy. And if you think of it as a flame, it's within you from the moment that you are conceived or born, whatever your beliefs are about when life starts. So it's from that moment when life starts until you take your last breath and life ends. But how strong that flame is burning is your responsibility. It's up to you. We are not just given a roaring flame that will roar for our entire lives without any effort or input from ourselves. It can burn really low. And that is when someone is experiencing burnout or deep depression or deep mental illness or that autopilot setting where life just feels dull, you're still alive but your pilot light is burning awfully low. 
And it's really hard to feel inspired and engaged and really active in your life when your pilot light is burning so low because your energetic body can't really thrive off of that amount of light. So when we intentionally fan that flame by self-care or filling our soul with the things that bring us joy or bringing meaningful work into our lives, not just working for the man and clocking in and clocking out, but really generating the way that we show up with our work, showing up with our relationships and having relationships that help inspire us, that turn our gaze inward and help us grow, that nurture us and help us flourish. All of these things incrementally build the pilot light inside of you. And it's not just one thing that can help you build that light. It's having a life that has sort of a buffet sampler platter of all kinds of nourishment and nutrients for your mind, body, heart, and soul, because it doesn't always feel good to have the same the same kind of nourishment. Sometimes you're in the mood for social connection. Otherwise, what your soul really needs is solitude. Sometimes you need nature. Sometimes you need activity and to go dancing or to meet in a community space. So being really attuned to what your mind, body, and soul are asking for is part of bringing that pilot light into its brightest form that you're listening to yourself. And then when your system is asking for something, you're getting at the healthiest version of what it needs. And that's how we help our pilot lights grow and roar with brilliance. And when you are that shiny in your world, it attracts more people who have the same kind of interests. And then it becomes a self-reinforcing cycle within the relationships and the community where we start to uplift each other. And we start to offer things to each other that might contribute to our buffet sampler platter that we didn't even know existed before. Wow. All I can say on that one is, wow, so much information there, positive information. The question I have then is with the buffet, with all of the things that as long as we are in tune with ourselves, the universe allows us to have an experience through our frequency for the person who doesn't know how to get started, how to start fanning the pilot light. I mean, they hear what we're saying. They hear what you're saying. And they're like, oh, that, that's what I'm missing, that I need to do that. How do we help them move in a direction through baby steps that at some point they start to truly cultivate that pilot light, and then they can just go on cruise control on their own mm -hmm. and continue to learn and have that pilot light grow stronger and stronger and brighter. But so how, what baby steps would you suggest that for someone who's now listening and they're like, I'm digging this, how do I get started? What would you suggest to them? Well, the easiest place to start is with awareness. And this is a mind body disconnect issue for so many of us that your mind will tell you what it thinks you need to make yourself happy. This is called affective forecasting when you're sort of forecasting what's going to make you feel good. And it turns out as human beings, we're pretty bad at affective forecasting. Our minds are 
really fickle. They're very influenceable. And in Buddhist psychology, the mind is called the monkey mind because it swings from branch to branch and it's kind of unpredictable. So first step is to kind of get away from the mind as being the place where you get most of your information and start to get the information from the body itself. So the body cannot talk to us in words the way the mind does. So we have to start to get familiar with the language of the body, which is sensations, feelings, and emotions. It's as simple as feeling a flush of heat, feeling butterflies in your stomach, noticing tension in your shoulders, noticing a twitching in your eye. All of these little sensations are your body talking to you. And a practice that I like to teach people in the very beginning when they're learning how to kind of figure out their compass for what feels authentic to them is what I call true yes and true no. And it's completely in the body. So if you think about your favorite food, you try something very simple at first. Think about your favorite food and visualize it in your mind's eye and notice what's happening in your body in response. You're probably feeling a sense of excitement, a buzzing in your chest, maybe a salivating in your mouth, something that feels like a yes. These are your body's yes signs. Then think about your least favorite food, the thing you're just not going to touch on your plate and listen to the way that your body says no. There might be a constriction or a heaviness. Your throat might get dry. Your shoulders might feel tense. So we start with just visualizing foods, but as you practice, you can visualize, how do I feel about this relationship? Do I get those same yes feelings in my body? How do I feel about that job opportunity? Am I having constriction, expansion, warmth, chills? What is the body telling me? And so you can start to really learn to use your body as a compass to help to direct you toward the yes things. And the more yes things you have in your life and the less no things you have in your life, the more that authentic lifestyle can turn back towards you and really generate that flame. Y'all see why I had to have her on the show? Man, she's bringing it today, y'all. She is bringing it. Make sure that we understand what she's saying. So I do have to ask this, though, because for the longest time, I thought I was crazy when I would say it. And now you've kind of like solidified the fact that I'm not crazy. So there have been times in my life when I've said to certain people, like Jimmy Ivy, I said, you know, hey, man, you know, I got butterflies in my stomach and I got looked at like, come on, come on, man. Come on. You know, what, what are you talking about? Like, no, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd be with someone and they'd be like, ah, you know, I got butterflies in my stomach. I get that look like, oh, what are you talking about? And for the longest time, even though I would verbally say it, oh, you know, got butterflies in my stomach over this or over that, whatever, got made me feel like I was the crazy one. And now you come on my show and it's like, ah, oh, okay. So for all the times that I said it and I felt it out of my own body, you've just solidified the fact that, nope, it is real. And that's your body telling you that you're in a happy place with a, a situation or a person or, you know, whatever the situation may be. So thank you for, for finally coming on episode 90 and, and reassuring me that I'm not crazy, right? You're not crazy. 
what you're experiencing is that we're often talked out of our authentic selves by this overculture that says that the mind is where it's at and the body is just this thing we have to drag around. But if you really look far enough back into ancient teachings, and if you look into somatic science, there's actually a lot of research that shows the body always steers you right. And it's the mind where we get caught up. So we need to unlearn what we think we know about how we choose what matters in our life. The work of Adam Grant is really helpful with this, his book, Think Again. It just helps you question what you think you know so that you can open space for further learning that might surprise you and teach you new things. And remember that you're an individual, but you're also part of a collective. And so you are absorbing a lot of the collective messages, but you don't have to make them true for you. You still get to go off of your own radar and whatever butterflies mean for you, you can trust that because that's your body's consistent language talking to you. I will definitely. Oh, I mean, I've always trusted my butterflies, but now I just know that that the ones that are there, I'm not crazy. Okay. So that's all good. Not so, crazy at all. Thank you. So talk to me about the Radiant Life Project. Share with my listeners what that is and, yeah. and how can we truly appreciate it? So the Radiant Life Project is born out of my clinical psychotherapy practice that I've had for 15 years. Um, I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I've been trained in all different psychotherapeutic modalities and creative practices. And I've also done a huge amount of my own work. And in the pandemic, when mental health was just at an all-time crisis point, I got pretty burned out. And so I took a five-month sabbatical from my therapy practice because it didn't feel like my life was very radiant. I didn't feel like I was as vibrant as I normally knew myself to be. And it was important for me to step back and say, well, what is this? What's not feeling good anymore? And I birthed the Radiant Life Project during that sabbatical, which is the 2.0 offering of my healing practice that includes some psychotherapy, but it is much more a growth-oriented and wellness-oriented perspective toward healing and growth rather than a pathologizing kind of brokenness model like the medical model is about mental health. So I offer different kinds of workshops, retreats, speaking, and individual sessions. I also have a book coming out called The Radiant Life Project. should be available for pre-sale this summer, and it has an official release date of November 1st. And it's just all about how to access really holistic, deep, transformative well-being through creative practices, through the sciences that we know, and through really activating your engagement with life in the ways that we've talked about today. Wow. Awesome. When the book gets to the point of being released, we would be honored if you would come back and mm -hmm. uh, talk about the book on the show. And Oh, uh, I would love that so and, much. And, and, uh, and let us support you. My listeners are all around the world. And uh, hopefully that can be something that we can work out uh, down the road, right? Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So 
Ms. Kate, tell everybody where we can find you. How do we stay in touch with you? How do we continue to just absorb some of your positive energy through all the multitude ways that you are radiating your vibe out into the universe? So how can we find you? How can we stay in touch with you? Well, the best way is through my website, which is www.theradiantlifeproject.com. And on my website, you'll see that there's a place where you can join my email list. I send once a month an email. It's full of inspirations. And it also talks about some of my upcoming offerings and the exciting events and things that I've got planned. So that's a great place. I'm also really active on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and those are all at the handle of the Radiant Life Project. I like to post daily and just give little tidbits of inspiration and good vibes. So you can find me pretty much wherever you get your socials. Good deal, guys. So let's go and uh, let's blow her up. Let's follow her. She is doing some positive things out in this universe. So we definitely want to show her some love. She's been gracious enough to give us some of her time and a wealth of knowledge for us to continue on our journeys and continuing to be our best versions of ourselves each and every day, y'all. So let's go give her some love, follow her on her social media platforms. Let's go over to her website and definitely let's stay with the anticipation of her book coming out in November. We will definitely have her back so she can speak on the book as well. So Miss Kate, it has been a pleasure having you in the Sexy Cool Lounge today. This will not be the last time that we have you, but thank you for your time today. And uh, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. You're welcome. And family, through all the things that we've said today, the most important thing is continue to love yourself. Love yourself enough to radiate your vibe, right? And even though we do not have as much as others, family, never forget, man. We still have more than others. So let's continue to put good vibes into this universe so we can always get good vibes back. I'm Jimmy IV. I love you guys. And I will see you on the next episode.